welcome to the 19th episode of The Morning Rage. I'm your host, Jen Prentice. And I'm your co-host, Lauren O'Keefe. And this is not your mom's morning show. It's a space where we pop off about all things culture, society, and politics in order to help you unpack your beliefs, feel more confident in sharing your voice, and today, join us as we continue our Why We Rage series and talk about what keeps us silent, specifically issues like imposter syndrome and gaslighting. So, you know, some lighthearted topics. Oh, the fun and fancy free. Before we get super serious, do you want to pop off? Are you saying that our popping off isn't serious? Yeah, I guess you're right. This is who we are. We're serious people who talk about serious things in a serious way. Why so serious? That is the worst Joker (laughs) impression (laughs) in the whole world. My husband and every comic book fan... They're, they're mad at me right now. You know, we are in a small dark box, so like that did sound a little scary to me. Also, I don't think that the Venn diagram of comic book fans and Morning Rage listeners, there's no <laughs> Venn diagram. There's no overlap You there. never know. Hey, if you listen to comic books out there and you're listening to this, shout us out. We'd love that. Yeah. I want to pop off about stuff today, Lauren. Oh, you got stuff to pop off about. Like actual stuff. Okay, let's hear it. Actual stuff and how we have too much of it in America. Oh. I feel like my house is crammed full of stuff and things. I'm ready to go on a major, major purge of my house because I like to be a little bit more minimalistic. However, I just read a very disturbing article in The Atlantic this week that says that Americans now have so much stuff that they are turning their guest rooms into closets. Well, we also in America have this issue of getting houses that are too big for what we need. Not in California, we don't. That's not where we live. (laughs) We're wedged into every corner of that space. That's why my house feels cluttered. But for a lot of people, they end up with houses with extra guest bedrooms. And these extra guest bedrooms are only meant to fill more stuff. This article in The Atlantic was saying that people have been watching a lot of HGTV over quarantine. They've been on the social medias, seeing all the influencers and the Kardashians post photos of their walk-in closets with the island in the middle to store their jewelry Mm -hmm. and the shoe racks that go floor to ceiling. And now people are literally converting these extra bedrooms into closets for their stuff. I think this is a disturbing intersection of social media and HGTV. Instagram is showing us like all of these really aesthetically pleasing home organization techniques. And believe me, I want to employ all the home organization techniques, but I am not, I refuse to live outside of the confines of my 1980s bifold door closets. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jen, that's so true. I mean, it's like you can Marie Kondo the heck out of your closet, but also... Not to allow yourself just to have like a larger closet space with less hangers and like looks picture perfect for the Pinterest. This is an issue that I do struggle with. I struggle with being materialistic. I struggle with seeing what other people have and wanting it. And I have experienced a lot of discontent over my house, which is a very nice house, but we live in California. It is smaller. It's older, it needs to be remodeled in some of the spaces within the house. When I look at what people who live in the Midwest and paid Mm $250,000 for a 5,000 square foot home Mm -hmm. are posting, 
that makes me in California in a 1500 square foot house that I paid half a million dollars for, <laughs> it makes me feel discontent. Yeah. And like I need to have mm. all of these things and this extra space and more, more, more. And honestly, that's how people get into debt. Yeah. And this underlying feeling of discontentment and the need for more, it's ruining not just our finances, but our lives. Yes, when you talk about discontent, I mean, that is something that seeps into our everyday life and we are all struggling with it in some way. And if you feel like watching, you know, Magnolia makes you happy, but also makes you feel the need for more stuff, maybe you need to take a little break from it. Yeah, maybe you need to unfollow some of those folks. I do not follow influencers, fashion bloggers, and people with really nice houses, honestly, on Instagram, because it does make me feel jealous and discontent with my own life. I think when we're looking at social media and anything we might be viewing on there, if it is causing us to feel some kind of way, Mm -hmm. but especially discontent with our own lives, then we have to get off of there. You have to hit unfollow, you have to hit mute, you have to delete the app, whatever it takes, because this is not okay, and we should not be converting our guest rooms into closets. Yes. They should be guest rooms. Yes. They should be offices. Yes, yeah, or home gyms. Gosh. What a great idea. Who among us hasn't wanted a home gym this past year? (laughs) It's true. So yeah, set boundaries. That's, I think, a really good thing to do on social media and on TV. Mm-hmm. Good, 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 good. Sorry, Chip and JoJo. Oh, yeah, we love you, but not right now. Not right now, guys. <laughs> All right, what are you popping off about, Lauren? Oh, I got a real pop-off. Georgia's new voting laws. Have you seen this heated debate that's come out about their new voting laws? I have, yes. Yeah, so this is really um, an ongoing effort or part of an ongoing effort by the Republican Party to make voting really more difficult, uh, mostly because I think Republicans believe they win when the turnout is low. And I think this is really unfortunate, especially as we're trying to strengthen a democracy. Some of the main points of this law, less time to request absentee ballots. There are strict new ID requirements for absentee ballots. It's now illegal for election officials to mail out absentee ballot applications to all voters. Even offering food or water to voters waiting in line now risks misdemeanor charges. I heard the thing about offering food and drinks to people waiting in line. That's absurd. Absurd. So like you're going to get a misdemeanor charge for like taking care of other human beings? Absurd. So I feel not only upset by the fact that we're making voting harder. There are studies that show voter fraud is exceedingly rare. I know we've been talking about it a lot, but the amount of times that this comes to play, it's never affected an election in the sense that someone has been voted in based on voter fraud. It it has not been to that high of a degree. So now that we're making voting harder instead of more readily available for all Americans, feels like infringing on a constitutional right, to be honest with you. Also, I know this is gonna be a real pumpkin spicy take, but I find this a little odd that the Republican Party is fighting for stricter laws surrounding voting. In Georgia. In Georgia, Mm, mm mm-hmm. In Georgia, that they're doing this right now at this time, yet they refuse to support anything to do with stricter laws around gun control, Hmm. including something as simple as more thorough background checks. So we want more thorough background checks on our voters just to vote, just to cast a ballot in this country. But when it comes to gun control, we're like, nah, let's just let people go to Walmart and buy the guns. 
I don't have anything to say to that. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So we'll put some resources in the show notes so you can kind of read up on some of these things and do your own research. Yeah. This feels icky. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some other icky things. Jen. I would love to. I love talking about <laughs> icky things. In talking about why we rage, one of the things we talked about last week was repressing our feelings, our opinions. In talking about that, we also felt like we should talk about what are the things that are keeping us silent. Two of the things that came up were imposter syndrome and gaslighting. And we hear these words a lot right now, but I think it's important that we break them down here and that you and I honestly just get to have this conversation about it because this isn't something you bring up casually with friends. <laughs> but you've never talked about all the ways that you feel like an imposter. There are apparently five different ways. Wow. Yeah. That, that makes you sense. you can make yourself feel like a fraud. Yeah. It's good. It's <laughs> okay, real let's, good. Let's dive in then, Jen. We like definitions around here. Yes. Imposter syndrome, which is something that I deal with all the time, the definition of it is kind of doubting your abilities, feeling like you're a fraud. It's the idea that you've only succeeded due to luck, not because of your talents or your qualifications, and you can't internalize your own successes. Mm. It was identified in 1978 by psychologist Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. They theorized in the 70s that women were uniquely affected by imposter syndrome, but they have since expanded their research to say that anyone. Great. Yeah. This affects all of us. Great. All of us. And there's even a test you can take now. Suzanne Imes, who was the creator of the term imposter syndrome, she created a test that you can take. Lauren, do you feel like you have to take a test to figure out whether you have imposter syndrome? No. no. <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't taken the test because I don't need to take a test to tell me what I already know to be true about myself. There's a book called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women. It was written by Dr. Valerie Young. That was supposed to be the title of my autobiography, Valerie, <laughs> so I don't know why you stole that from me. Oh my gosh. I'm very mad. Okay, so The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women by Dr. Valerie Young. She identified these five different types of imposter syndrome. She calls them five different competence types. Mm. These are internal rules that people who struggle with confidence and imposter syndrome might create for themselves, or basically five different reasons why people might feel like a fraud or an imposter. I thought it would be helpful to talk about these five different types of imposter syndrome, identify some characteristics of people who struggle with each of these five different types, and then talk about some solutions. Great. So the first of the five different ways that imposter syndrome can manifest itself, the first of these five different competence type is the perfectionist. Oh, I'm Lauren. sorry, did you call my name? Did someone, <laughs> I hear my name being called. I've called you up to the clubhouse stage, oh, no. Lauren. Oh, I can speak to this, that's for sure. You've got high standards, right, girl? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Do you experience self-doubt whenever you don't measure up, Lauren? <laughs> Can you sometimes have a hard time delegating things oh. to other people? Gosh, this is really... I feel, I feel real naked right now. <laughs> I want you to feel known. Oof, thank yeah. you, Jen. Mm -hmm. um, do you rarely find something that you've done satisfying because you're always thinking about how it could have gone better? Yeah, I do. <laughs> 
then you might be a perfectionistic imposter. Oh, gosh. I don't think that's the right terminology. You just might have perfectionistic tendencies that lead you to feel like an imposter. That makes a lot of sense because in my mind, I have such high standards of not only the work I do individually, but as a whole, how much I should be able to get done. So that idea of being a highly capable person that just buries me into the ground on multiple occasions a week. When I do that and somebody tells me that I did a good job at something, which you know I love to hear, I don't believe it. I I don't even like it. It makes me uncomfortable because I feel like an imposter. I feel like, no, I didn't do a good job. You lie, lie, liar. And I should have done this, that, and the other thing. I still have so much more to do. I can't even accept it or embrace that success because in a grander scale, I feel like I've failed. Yes. Oh, it was that dark? Was that bad? Oh, man. (laughs) Well, thank you all for giving me something to talk to my therapist about this week. We are nothing if not dark and serious here. (laughs) Uh, What's the next one? Well, don't you want to know the fix? For your... Uh, I thought there was none. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm used to there not being a fix. Hold my hand. Okay. Note for the audio. We're holding hands. (laughs) Okay. And Um, now we're Purelling, I swear. Yeah. (laughs) So you just have to remember that there's never a perfect time to start a project. That you're never going to have the perfect amount of time to Mm. complete a project. Mm -hmm. And that mistakes are inevitable. Oof. Uh, these all sound like great fixes, but I know you know, and I know, I know you know, know. <laughs> that, that it's harder to remind yourself of these things than it seems. Yeah, but it has to be on a daily basis, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. This is the power of mantras. Yes. Yeah. And positive self-talk. Yes. Which I learned in therapy in my 20s and am only starting to employ in my 30s. Do you do like a power stance in front of the mirror and say them or do you just read them? No, I just have things in my journal that I look back over from time to time, but now I want a power stance in front of the mirror. I think that's maybe the next level of your self-affirming talk. All right, the second way that imposter syndrome can manifest itself is in a superwoman complex. Ooh. So these are the people who work harder, and longer hours than their colleagues because they need to feel like they earned their title. Mm, Interesting. The fix for that is seeking internal, not external validation. Yeah. How do you validate yourself internally, do you think? If I had that figured out, we wouldn't be talking about imposter (laughs) syndrome. (laughs) I think a lot of this self-talk is important. We have negative self-talk that's very passive. And we don't even notice it's happening most of the time. It's just like throughout our day, it hits us. And this takes a lot more focus for us to sit and give ourselves good, positive self-talk, positive validation. One thing that I do tell myself is that I am not what I do or don't do. Mm. I'm not what I accomplish in a day. Yes. I want to look at how well I showed up for the people in my life that day. And some days I don't do a great job of showing up for the people in my life. That's okay too, I will make mistakes, but I need to remember, we all need to remember, we are not the sum of the things that we do or our productivity or what we produce. For those of us who are Christians, we can internally validate ourselves through what we've been given and who we are in Christ. Yeah. Have you ever looked at Priscilla Shire's list of our identity in Christ? 
No, but I love her. It is so good. There's about 30, maybe 40 things like, I am a brand new person. My old sin nature has passed away and everything has become new. That's from 2 Corinthians 5.17. Or, no matter my past, I am forgiven from Ephesians 1.7. I have been given every spiritual blessing in heavenly places from Ephesians 1.3. I am known, chosen, redeemed, forgiven, fearfully and wonderfully made, adopted into the family of God. Like That's These beautiful. are all really positive, beautiful affirmations we have yeah, that's as truth. believers in Jesus. Like this yeah. is truth and this is what we have to keep speaking over ourselves mm. in order to live out salvation and redemption and sanctification this side of heaven. Yes. We will link to this list. Yeah. I'm going to print it out, girl. When I was in high school, my mom printed a list of 31 things. You know, like the Proverbs 31 woman. Uh, Interesting. Mm -hmm. I see it. Mm -hmm. That make up my identity in Christ. Oh, that's cool. We'll also link to that, but it's things like, I'm a child of God. I am the salt of the earth. I am loved. I am protected from the evil one. I am holy through Christ. Really beautiful truths that are backed up by scripture. Mm. When we're talking about internal validation, when we're talking about speaking truth over ourselves and not allowing the lies that imposter syndrome, or in a minute when we talk about gaslighting, yeah, any of these mental lies that we have been fed and we continue to perpetuate and feed ourselves, mm. you have to replace lies with truth. Yes. And at the end of the day, the only thing that's ever worked for me is replacing it with the truth, with biblical truth. Yes. Okay, so the third way that imposter syndrome can manifest itself is for those of us who consider ourselves natural geniuses. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So these are people who judge their competence based on the ease and speed of how quickly they pick up a new skill, Mm. as opposed to how much effort they put into picking up that new skill. So basically, if you don't get something right the first time, then you feel like a fraud and a failure. Oh, I see that. I mean, I can see that in myself. Yeah, I can too. The cure for that is viewing yourself as a work in progress and identifying specific, changeable behaviors that you can improve over time. Wow, that's very cool. The fourth way that imposter syndrome can manifest itself is the soloist. I mean... (laughs) Don't look at me, Jen. (laughs) Go ahead, read the definition. This is someone who (laughs) thinks that asking for help makes them a fraud. Before we started this podcast, I was like freezing cold and Jen offered to give me her jacket, which is very sweet, but I know that she's always cold. I like basically refused to take it from her and <laughs> and I threw it at her and, and said, then, ask for help, dummy. <laughs> and then I admitted that I re- will refuse to ask anyone for help. I refuse to. I'm not trying not to ask for help. It's like a barrier, like a blockade. And obviously it's all mental and it's something that I've conditioned myself to do, whether it's been that I've had bad experiences in the past where I've asked for help and haven't been given the help. But at this point, I have determined in my little brain that it is easier and a better outcome if I do everything myself. Those two things, easier, better outcome, Those can condition us to do a lot of things, good or bad, in life. We told you this was going to feel icky. Yeah. So ask for help, Lauren. I know. Ask for help, Jen. I I need to practice it. 
fifth way that imposter syndrome manifests itself is in wanting to be an expert. So basing your competence on what or how much you know and believing that you will never know enough. Mm. Basically, the cure for that is to practice acquiring knowledge on a need-to-know basis rather than hoarding it. Mm. So that would be for like an Enneagram 5, right? Because Enneagram 5s are kind of like masters of knowing all sorts of things, like run the gamut on, like, know it. Like, if you ask an Enneagram 5 about almost anything, they know some base level information on it. They watched a documentary, they read a book or researched an article. That would probably speak to them in a very real way. Yes. My mm-hmm. husband is an Enneagram 5. This would speak to him mm-hmm. in a very real way. Honey, practice acquiring knowledge on a need to know basis, <laughs> not hoarding it. <laughs> I just, think that I spent a lot of time internalizing the notion that in order to be valuable, I needed to achieve. Yeah. And that's kind of where my imposter syndrome started. I honestly, when we were going to be talking about this, I didn't really think I had imposter syndrome until you started reading the things out. And I am like, ooh, I got to do some work. I got to really sit down and think through some of these things. In what ways have I been doing this subconsciously, not like devaluing myself? based on some of these points that you made. Some things that have helped me really fast, I have done a decent amount of therapy and work around not feeling like such an imposter. One, as I mentioned earlier, focusing on people rather than productivity. Mm. Two, reminding myself that what I see on social media, whether it's the amazing house with the huge walk-in closet that someone has, something that someone did, or an award that they won, that what I see on social media, or even what I talk about with someone in one hour of getting coffee together, it's only a small part of the picture of their lives. No one's life is as perfect as they portray. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just figuring it out. Yes everyone. Mm -hmm. I tell my students that all the time. Everyone's just figuring it out. But for some reason, I can't internalize this message. And the last thing is truly constantly reminding myself of my identity in Christ. Mm. And this is probably the hardest thing for me, honestly, because it feels empty to remind myself of all of these things that I can read about in the Bible and know in my head without feeling in my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think that is the power of habit and continually preaching to your own heart. Even when you don't believe it. Even when you don't believe it. Yeah, that's really good. So we will link to a bunch of different resources Mm -hmm. explaining imposter syndrome, talking about these five different ways that imposter syndrome manifests itself, how to quote unquote fix it, as well as these documents that list out our identity in Christ. Wonderful. That's amazing. You know, what I really like about what we're doing here is that, I think you said it earlier, Lauren, we are giving language to things by talking about imposter syndrome or in a minute we're going to talk about gaslighting. Mm -hmm. We're giving language to things that some people might not even know is a thing. We didn't even know was an issue. Yes. Once you know something is an issue, then you can start to work on it. You can start to fix it. You can stop being silent about it. Yes, that's the power of naming things, which is what we talk about all the time, is once you can name it and you have language around it, you can not only work through those pieces yourself, but you can talk with somebody about it, whether it be a good friend, a family member, or a therapist, and you can actually use this language 
to express these, you know, kind of hidden feelings that you don't even really understand. So I think that leads us into this idea of gaslighting. Yeah, you want to mm. talk about uh, how we gaslight ourselves? That's oh. so fun. <laughs> so this is a word we hear a lot. And to be honest, it sounds a little scary, this word of gaslighting. We hear it a lot in conversations about abuse. And so it feels like a really big word. Like, oh, this is a really large, scary, abusive language word. And in reality, this happens all the time. And I would almost go as far to say that all of us have experienced gaslighting in some way throughout our lives. As a definition, gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse where a person or group makes someone question their sanity, perception of reality, or memories. People experiencing gaslighting often feel confused, anxious, and unable to trust themselves. Anyone is susceptible to gaslighting, just like imposter syndrome, and it is a common technique of abusers, dictators, narcissists, which we're going to talk about a bit next week with Tiffany Bloom, and cult leaders. This feels very familiar when we discuss cults. This feels like something that happens when you start, you know, finding yourself in a cult. As we all do. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I have like, <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have a deep interest in cults. I think because of the psychological aspect of it, I think I'm fascinated by them. And so I have learned a lot about a lot of cults. <laughs> I did find the book Educated very interesting. Oh, yes, it was. And I do think Sister Wives is weird. So that would be <laughs> okay, my, so that's um, your education that's my on education cults. on cults. <laughs> Um, perhaps we'll save that for a solo app that you do yourself. <laughs> oh, I can have my own episode on cults. You'll just sit there and listen. Yes. Thanks, Jen. I'll soak in all of your knowledge. So whether it's a cult or whether you are just a victim of abuse and have been gaslit by your abuser, mm-hmm. what are some signs that you have been a victim of gaslighting? This can happen with anyone. This can happen in a relationship, in a loving relationship. This can happen in a work environment. It can happen in a school system. It can happen with coworkers. It's never necessarily going to be as obvious as abuse. And I think that's the scariest part about gaslighting is that you don't recognize that you are being abused or manipulated until you've gotten to a place where you are so far down a rabbit hole that you don't recognize And you're like, this doesn't feel like my reality. I don't trust myself. How did I get here? Some of these signs that you can look out for are things like wondering if other people think you're lying about your struggles, minimizing your own problems, putting others before you until it's debilitating, apologizing often, constantly being worried of being wrong, and heightened anxiety and insecurity. And we can all exhibit those signs and symptoms outside of a gaslighting situation as well. Because I apologize a lot and have heightened anxiety and insecurity, have struggled with that my whole life. That is outside of the context of abuse or a situation where I've been gaslit. But people who are victims of gaslighting do question their own reality. Mm -hmm. It's important to look at if you are a person who apologizes often or struggles with heightened anxiety in specific situations with specific people, go back to this definition of gaslighting Mm -hmm. and identify whether that is what's going on. Absolutely. 
And I would say if you come to a place where you realize you are being gaslit or you have been in the past, some of the things that you can do, especially if you're in that scenario now, is to set boundaries for yourself. Recognize the things that you can and can't do so that you can't easily be manipulated. Understand your own truths, who you are. Sit with yourself and say, does this feel true to me? Make a point to decide what feels true to you and stick with it and trust yourself. And know that we all remember things differently. If someone is questioning your memories or something that has happened in the past, we all recognize things from our past and remember them differently. And that is okay. Someone else's truth of the past doesn't negate your truth from the past. So really trusting yourself and really staying true to who you are in the midst of this is going to be the thing, basically your North Star. So next week we're going to interview Tiffany Bloom, who wrote the book Pray Tell. If you guys haven't gotten that book yet, grab it, read it before next week. Mm -hmm. She talks a lot about the ways that victims of abuse, specifically female victims of abuse, are silenced, Mm -hmm. how the abusers do gaslight them and cause them to question their reality. She talks about the ways that women or really anyone who experiences trauma or abuse remember incidents differently. There is something psychological that actually happens Mm -hmm. whenever you have experienced some sort of abuse or trauma that almost blocks certain parts of your memory. Mm -hmm. So you might think that you were wearing a different outfit than what you were wearing, or you were in a different car or at a different location because that trauma... Mm -hmm. And that abuse blocks certain parts of your brain. In situations where you are a victim of abuse, you're experiencing gaslighting, of course you're going to remember things differently because you've experienced that trauma. Yes. I have a question, Lauren. Yes. Can we gaslight ourselves? Oh, yes, we can. You think that this is only something other people do to you, but no, we can do it to ourselves. Mm, Great. Tell me how. Well, a lot of times it does start with somebody else gaslighting you. You get into a spiral of questioning yourself, and then eventually that turns inward, and it turns on you, and you start doing it to yourself. So some of the things you would say would be like, I'm being too too dramatic, too sensitive, too emotional. There must be something wrong with me. Normal people's minds wouldn't do this. And it can be a mode of survival. You start thinking, well, maybe maybe I'm making all of this up. Maybe this isn't real. And it does turn into a coping mechanism. And when you start getting into that place, it can be really hard to pull yourself out. The only way to do that is by practicing, like what we were saying, positive self-talk. There's some self-affirming phrases that would be good to practice, and I'll list a few of them. These would be good to write in a journal or on your mirror so you can do your power pose and speak them to yourself, but constantly telling yourself, my feelings and emotions are valid. I can still recognize that someone loves me while recognizing that they have hurt me. This is healthy and okay. Nothing is wrong with me. And I know this might feel strange um, and false to like do this and say it to yourself. Like we were saying, you may not believe it at first, but just doing it over and over, the practice will eventually lead to some healing 
and to some healthy ways for us to move out of this mode of gaslighting. And a lot of these things that we talked about, there's a gal on Instagram, Maya Richardson, and we'll link to her in the show notes, but she had a really amazing segment about this on her Instagram, especially about gaslighting yourself. So we'll include that, and I think it's just something to sit with, just like imposter syndrome, and say, how much of this is true for me? Where is it all stemming from? And how can I work my way out of it? Great questions. We will continue this discussion of the ways that we silence ourselves, the ways that that silence manifests itself Mm -hmm. with Tiffany Bloom next week when we talk about her book, Pray Tell. We will link to as many resources as we can in relation to imposter syndrome and gaslighting in the show notes because we really only skimmed the surface Mm -hmm. of these two topics today. So if you are listening to this and you feel like you want to know more, we would encourage you to do your own research. We would also encourage you to talk to a therapist. Mm -hmm. I think we've said that literally every episode that we've done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Talking to a therapist is great. If you don't feel comfortable talking to a therapist, just speak it to someone. Literally speak this to anyone because it is very important with these type of psychological abuses that we can do to ourselves and this unhealthy self-talk that we speak the truth out loud to someone else. And I think that's the only way that you're going to be able to move into that next phase of saying, this is valid. My feelings are real. I need to find a way to move past this in a healthy way. So now we go to a slightly more fun portion of the podcast. Yes, we got, well, you did talk about stuff at the beginning, so it only makes sense to talk about hot stuff at the end. More stuff, hot (laughs) stuff. Not as funny, but I do want to talk about the transformation of Khloe Kardashian here for a minute. Interesting. Unfortunately, I don't think that this is a positive transformation, Mm -hmm. and I'm not making a comment about her physical appearance yes. here in, in any negative way. Chloe is a beautiful woman. Yes. She's always been my favorite Kardashian because mm, mm-hmm. I think she has substance. Yes. She always speaks her mind. Love that about uh-huh. her. I actually saw her in real life, Lauren. Mm. In the flesh. IRL. Close. IRL. <laughs> um, in 2019 at Kanye's Sunday service. And she is so tall and so gorgeous Unfortunately, she seems to really have drastically changed her appearance Mm -hmm. over 2020. And this week she was in the news because an unedited photo of her popped up on the internet. It was supposedly posted by one of her assistants accidentally. Yikes. Note for the audio, big air quotes here. Accidentally. Yikes. How does someone, how does an adult accidentally post something on Instagram? I don't know. She didn't check with the powers that be before she did it. Right. So it was supposedly posted by one of her assistants accidentally during a family gathering. I know. I said I wasn't going to look at tabloids. (laughs) I did check the people.coms. Yes. And I then followed a link that took me to page six of the New York Post. Yeah. The photo, the unedited photo of Chloe is beautiful. And then when you look at Chloe's social media feed, she still looks beautiful on her social media feed. Yeah. But you can definitely see a difference between these two photos. It looks like she's had some plastic surgery, which I don't think she's denied that. No. 
But it makes me so sad because after this unedited photo came out, Chloe was talking about how we can't understand as, again, air quotes, normal people, what celebrity culture yes. and the pressure mm. of being a Kardashian has done to her. Yeah. And I feel so sad for her. Mm-hmm. And I get it because I would too. I've struggled with an eating disorder and body image issues, and I didn't have the pressure of millions of people watching me on television and commenting on how I looked different than my other sisters. Yeah. And I think she really internalized that and started to maybe get positive comments yes. for losing weight or making some slight alterations to her appearance. And it seems like she maybe took it a little too far. As I think anyone can, once you start that snowball, I think that all the time. It's like, there's a million things I would change just with my face. Not like completely different person, but there's like a million things with modern medicine that we can do to adjust and enhance ourselves. And once you start, how do you stop? Because when you talk about perfectionism, there is no such thing, especially when it comes to our appearance, which is based on our uniqueness. And then you start one little thing at a time. I could easily see how month after month, year after year, you're like, well, now I need to do this. And now I need to do that. It's just like that photo editing app that we found. And it's like, now you tweak your eyebrows. Now you tweak your nose. Now you tweak your eyes. Like there are so many ways that we can adjust ourselves. And what is the measure? And I think for her, unfortunately, it was her sisters. She has been the one that has changed the most. And I think it's also reminiscent of Kylie Jenner. Kendall has always been the tall one. Kendall is a supermodel. And Kylie had to figure out where she fit in. And as we know now, Kylie looks a million times different than how she started. And as we also know, they all kind of started looking more like Kim over time. I can't imagine the amount of media scrutiny, the paparazzi, the comments, and what it does to your mental state. Yes. I think whether it's the Kardashians editing ourselves on a photo app, whether it's the things that we do to medically enhance Mm -hmm. our looks, or whether it's building a giant closet in our guest room, this is all indicative of a larger issue. Yes. Where we are trying to measure up to an impossible standard that we will never reach. Absolutely. And I am preaching in my own heart yeah. here. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your hot stuff? Okay, so this is actually a continuation. <gasps> I love I a know. good continuation. It's an update. We got, a, we got a hot stuff update for you. So in our last episode... Yes, in our last episode, we did speak about this. Go on. <laughs> we found out that on Paramount+, Plus they were doing the real world homecoming, which was a reunion for the cast of the 1992, the first ever real world that was in New York. And we were like, come on, guys. Do we really need this? Do we really want to see what this is like? And you know what? As it turns out, we do. <laughs> So Jen and I actually watched it this last week. You're welcome. You're welcome. We did the hard-hitting research for you. Honestly, it's great. It's It's so good. Not even in like the guilty pleasure way, but it's actually fascinating. I don't think I realized that that 1992, the first real world, I mean, I think if I thought about it enough, I would have, but that was the first evidence of reality television we ever had. Those people have been studied Yes. Picked apart, not in a Kardashian sort of way, but in a real, like, what did reality television do to these people, but also do to our culture? 
How have these people grown and changed over time? How have the themes and the things that they were dealing with in the 90s grown and changed over time? And as it turns out, the things that we were struggling with culturally in the 90s, no different than what we're struggling with today, especially around racism. Yes. And around LGBTQ plus issues. Yes. Really, really sad. But watching this homecoming reunion, it was so cool. We haven't finished watching all of the episodes, but so far... It is really interesting to see how these people who were 19 to 21 Mm. at the time that they filmed the first real world and are now in their 40s and 50s have grown and changed and evolved in mostly positive ways over the years. It's really a fascinating study on not only reality television, but on the issues, and I am excited to keep watching it. So we will let you know, and who knows, guys, it could turn into a new YouTube recap. What do you think, Jen? You know what I think? This is what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. (laughs) This is also what happens when we have a break from The Bachelor to watch other things. (laughs) I think I like this more than The Bachelor. It definitely has more content to it than The Bachelor. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. Yes, you guys have to check out next week's episode. It's going to be so fantastic. We're Tiffany so excited. Bloom will be in the house or on the Zooms. Yeah. <laughs> We're so thankful that you're listening. We truly believe that life is too short to stay silent. Thank you for raging with us today.